It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Yes, 
the next pay-per-view next November will be Survivor Series. It's one of the original four staple shows, pay-per-views that they, they've had since the beginning of time. So we'll delve into that. We're going to talk about when the title changed hands at Survivor Series. Again, we're going to be covering some more of it next week and the week after, and et cetera, until Survivor Series. But we're going to talk about when the, the title changed hands. And uh, think about that. Uh, we'll have a flavor of the week towards the end of the show. We'll go over that after we go over Raw and all the other uh, tidbits. I also want to remind everybody, this time next week, same station, same channel, this time next week, part two of the Greg Gagne story is going to be uh, coming on. He's going to come back on. He enjoyed himself last time. He was here maybe three weeks ago. Uh, ran out of time. He went over a long time. But uh, he was here and uh, told us inside stuff. You've seen the documentaries of him with AWA, but he was here. He was telling us about his history with Hulk Hogan and leaving the business and, you know, history of his dad and just what went on in AWA. And it's very, it's very personal when he's just here talking to us on the show. So he'll be here again next week. Don't miss it. Don't forget it. Mark your calendars. And, uh, well, Ryan, Hell in a Cell came. It wasn't a horrible pay-per-view, I don't believe, overall. They had some good matches. The Hell in a Cell matches themselves were a spectacle. You know, you had Alberta Del Rio come back at the first match against Cena, beat him. Uh, what, what did you, after you watched Hell in a Cell, were you excited? Were you pleased? Were you disappointed? Pulling your hair out? What was going on with you, Ryan? <laughs> um, well, first, let me, uh, since you talked about Greg Gagne being on next week, and I just want to take time to say that it's just really cool for him to be down to earth and a friend of the show and take time, you know, coming from a legendary family and everything. And uh wasn't until I got a little older that I started to learn the history of wrestling more and realized that his father had made all those WWF superstars and Hall of Famers. Um, so, of course, shout-outs to Greg Gagne and then uh, rest in peace to Vern. But um, look forward to hearing from him next weekend. And uh, just real cool that he's just taking the time out to be on this show. I think that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, Hell in a Cell, um, I, maybe for the first time, I don't know, maybe ever, maybe. Well, I won't say ever, but it, it was okay. Uh, not bad, I guess, if you say thumbs up thumbs down, I'd definitely say thumbs up uh, on the grading scale. I don't know, somewhere around an average, maybe a little slightly above average just because of, you know, you got the stars like Lesnar and Taker and, you know, you're in a, you know, hell in a cell. It's supposed to be this big thing, even though they've overdone it so much. But um, I personally, we'll get to Raw, but I personally thought Raw was actually better than hell in a cell. Um, but, uh, as for the, uh, Del Rio and Cena, man, what's, uh, the curtain joke in there? That's, uh, that was really weird. I don't know if Cena just wanted to have his match and get out of there and get on his bus and leave and get to his dates of whatever he had to do. But I feel like part of the match suffered because of that. He seemed a little checked out. Like these two have definitely had some better matches than what they put on. And it's no disrespect to them. I just, you know, it's pay-per-view or network special, if you want to call it. You 
figured you'd see a little more, a little better work. But uh, or maybe it was just because no false finishes. There was just a clean finish, and, a, and let alone a Cena match. Um, we don't see that often. I think the last time was probably Lesnar, and before that was probably Daniel Bryan at that SummerSlam. Um, yeah, it just. I don't know. I just felt like these two could have done more. Uh, the pairing of Del Rio and Zeb, I think maybe there's some Russo swerve down the line to bring Jack Swagger back because I just, I I don't know. I'm not sold on that pairing. I'll take Zeb back. I'll take Del Rio back, whatever. Like, I'm just not sold on the pairing as of right now. Um, what else? Hey, I love Zeb on that rascal. I don't I don't know if it's a work or a shoot, but it, it just adds to the character. I love it, man. Um but I don't know. I just wouldn't do you think that the Zeb and Del Rio thing will last? Like you think it's some sort of swerve coming with that or what? Where does does Del Rio hold the title till Cena comes back? I mean, because for him to just cleanly beat him does Cena just come back and say, I got my butt whooped, you know, go into typical Cena promo mode? Or how, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, that's I a really – I was thinking the same thing while you are talking that. I mean, what's John Cena going to do when he comes back? He's supposed to be gone for a couple months or whatever, which is fine. I mean, the guy's been there forever. We need a break. We need to get away from Cena for a while and focus on other things. Again, I want to go – the Zeb Coulter was great. And it was great to see Alberto Del Rio back now that he doesn't come out in the, what was it, Cadillac and honking the horn. That drove me nuts. I hated that. That made me hate his character because that was just so annoying. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad to see him back. He looks like to be in tremendous shape. And I agree with you as far as Cena. It's kind of like he was already gone. You know, he wasn't there. I mean, he just kind of lost too easily. And it was pretty. It was a good match. I mean, I won't take that away from it. But uh, not want to see in his finest. But uh, with Alberto Del Rio coming back, it uh, – I mean, in a way, though, it's just another person they can do a lot with that they just always kind of failed to do. I mean, I realize he was the world title holder for a while, but, you know, I mean, there's just a lot more people there as well, and Chris and I talk about it every week, that there's just there's so many fish in the pond that they just don't know what to do with, and they only have one gigantic, you know, massive star, and they just have no one to fall back on. But as far as Cena coming back, uh, yeah, he's going to get the title back, obviously, or maybe even he's going to try to do a title run to get the title back. Um, obviously, if he comes back around Royal Rumble, maybe he'll be an entrant in the Royal Rumble, like a mystery person, and uh, see what his road to WrestleMania goes to. I don't think he'd be done with the U.S. title. And, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of unanswered questions with that match. It's, uh, it's also, what's Alberto Del Rio? Is he going to keep the title challenge open every Monday night? I'd like to see that. I almost think that should almost be a requirement for the U.S. title anymore that the Cena started. But uh, yeah. it's either way, and um, I don't know. Well, how do you think Cena's going to come back? What's uh, what's going to be his uh, re-entry into the world wrestling entertainment? I don't know. I mean, if it was me booking it, I, I would just I might as well wait until the first Raw of the new year. Um, maybe if they could help themselves and hold off, they could even wait and just have him be a surprise entrance in the Rumble. Um, but it sounds like he'll be back in, what is it, late December or something. But 
I don't know. I guess he just goes right back to Del Rio if he keeps it. I don't. I don't know. That's just a weird. That's a weird thing. That, that's why, to me, it was almost like a letdown that it was Del Rio. I don't want to fully say I was just like let down, but I was just hoping for maybe a little someone different. Uh, you know, maybe somebody younger, one of these guys. That, but then again, you've seen him face all the younger guys, so I don't know. Um, I'm still holding on to Kurt Angle's going to come back, and um, he's <laughs> going to take the U.S. title. So, but I mean, that's far in the. But uh, before we go into the next match, everyone, we got to have a trivia question tonight and Survivor Series season. So we're going to uh, kind of keep close to that. And I want to, uh, let's see. What what Survivor Series, what year did the gobbledygooker make his, uh, his intro? Uh, what year, what Survivor Series did the gobbledygooker come to be? And we'll give and you a me, couple to think that I'll out. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, I see somebody in the chat room saying something that I was thinking this whole time, saying that four months isn't long enough for Raw without Cena. Nas an insult, you know, saying that you can't push anybody in this time while Cena's away. And I've been thinking that the whole thing this entire time, everybody's all, who are they going to push? What are they going to do? And it's just like, one, it's not enough time. And two, how can we trust them? To, take, to push anybody to take Cena's spot or even be at that level. Um, I just, I, I didn't see any uh, hope of someone being pushed while he was gone. And even if they are, there's a possibility they could be, that uh, they could be fed to him when they come back, when he comes back. So yeah. I totally agree with that Red. person in the chat room. <laughs> we got the smartest people. I'm telling as far as wrestling sparks go, I mean, we've got it down. Uh, but with Cena, he'd need to be almost gone a year or two before they find someone to really fill a spot. Now, I mean, that's, it's a shame because they have people there, and they just keep you know, crapping on talent that can be seen ever don't let him do it. I mean, I'm not the biggest fans of a lot of these people. Dolph Ziggler, I mean, he could easily kind of step in, be a, give him something to feed on, and they just keep on killing Rusev over and over again. Killing Ryback. Jesus. There's so much that could be done. Why, I mean, everybody is mid-card now. It is a mid-card wrestling business. You got maybe three top people to go at the event. It's hard to say. Yeah, I forget where I was going with all this. But uh, no, there's... Exactly, um, that's exactly how they book it and run the show these days. There's there's a rotating main event of maybe two guys, and then everybody else is. It's not. It's like they don't even have a mid card. Um, but if last night is any type of glimpse of the direction they may they may be going in the future, then that's good because last night or last night was good. Yeah. So it's, what else happened? Uh, Check the old stats here. Yeah, versus White. It was the first Hell in a Cell match. Uh, honestly, I mean, that was pretty destructive, Hell in a Cell, of what I've seen. As far as, I mean, just the table chairs and the kendo is being impaled to the skull with it. Uh, I, I realized that it 
now, I mean, how can you really describe that? I mean, it was great. It went on kind of long, I think. At least Reigns was beaten up. And I pretty much remember a lot of people saying Reigns was the winner. It was just something along those lines. And uh, the match really did pick up, turn into a lot of carnage. It's what you kind of expect from Wyatt and especially Roman Reigns. So uh, the match itself was good. It was a good Hell in the Cell match. I was happy with it. Again, slow in some parts, but yeah, that's pretty much just trying to fill up time, I suppose. But the high spots were absolutely really good. And, uh, you know, no one's ever seen a kendo stick like that. At least I haven't. Just kind of sticking out in the middle like that. So, yeah, I'm glad he was yeah. able to. Not impale yeah, that was a, uh, it was a very was good for the show. spot. Yeah, very dangerous spot in the PG era, but... I still think this is what uh, Vince and uh, the corporate PG era wants Hell in a Cell to be now. And we'll talk about that at the end of Hell in a Cell, about the blood and everything, Taker and Lesnar. But this is the uh, mild Hell in a Cell that they want it to be. Um, It's just like how I said, they don't even need the Extreme Rules pay-per-view anymore because of their whole no headshots, and I'm and I, I'm okay with that because you know you don't headshots are bad. We know this now, yeah, decades later. But um, no headshots, no blood. You know, it's just they don't really need this these type of environments anymore. And if they do, it maybe needs to be once a year, and that's when you pull out pull all the tricks out of the bag, so to speak. Um. And this was uh, actually the longest match of the night, I believe. So uh, the younger talent getting some some display here, but we know it's because of Reigns. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, it was okay. I, I just feel, man, it just Hell in the Cell does nothing for me anymore because they've just over uh, utilized it, kind of watered it down. Um, same thing, Elimination Chamber. So. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that. The Hell in a Cell was, you know, when it first started, I remember, you know, the pay-per-view and the match and everything. and It was used very sparing, like maybe even once a year. And, I mean, I'm fine. Maybe they should just dedicate the whole pay-per-view Hell in a Cell to Hell in a Cell matches and not have it any time other. I, to me, that would be a great equalizer because, again, you get too much of the same thing. I mean, throwing somebody through a table anymore is nothing. Back in the day, it was still something to see, something to behold. And it's overdone, overdone, overdone. And it seems like, you know, Bray Wyatt's at least trying to take the raw material that he has available to him and kind of make new uh, ways to use that against his opponents. And that, that's fine. That's great. Be innovative. But, yeah, Hell in the Cell just doesn't, doesn't have that same fear. But it is something, again, like you just mentioned. So this is what they wanted for the pay-per-view. I was reading an article today, and it was talking about how they get like a hundred thousand dollar fine if they bleed or something like that, and it's and that's ridiculous. Yeah, I can how they don't want to do that all the time, but this is the pay per view to do that. This is the pay per view to really go back to being TV fourteen era, you know, the Attitude era. Go back to that for this. Be extra raw and rude and crude. And, do whatever you need to do. Because we want to see that as well. We don't want to see Teletubbies every week on Monday Night Raw like we always do. But just one time a year, <laughs> bring it out. 
and just leave it that way. If the corporate sponsors have problems with that, well, that's not my problem, but it's Vince's problem. So I have to think they went public and everything just goes to crap. But anyway, Survivor Series. Uh, get to the trivia question. 1990 is correct. 1990 is the right answer. And so let's see. We have another Survivor Series. And team captains, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan. Who are the team captains of the opposing team at the 1998 Survivor Series? Who were team captains of Survivor Series 1998? Moving on after that, we had uh, New Day versus the Dudleys. Tag team championship match on the line. Uh, again, why are the Dudleys? Why do they constantly keep losing? Uh, it makes no sense. Yeah, they don't get cleanly pinned. It's by a technicality. But it's making the Dudleys just look weak and old and irrelevant. Let them win. Let Give them the title. The New Day is going to stay on top. The New Day is going to be the hottest heel tag team. Uh, everyone wants to really stay their heel half the time. Everyone loves them. They come out. They do their stuff. However, you want to keep watering this down and just making the Dudleys not look like a threat anymore. I mean, you're going to make the Usos look better when they eventually come back in a month from now or whenever. And you can't... The Dudleys, they brought them in. They are the legendary tag team. But they just keep losing and losing. They're almost going to be in the Chris Jericho status and the and the Kane and Big Show. Just because, you know, they're big names and wow, it's going to cause a threat. But the bark's worse than the bite. So, I mean, the Dudleys are doing everything they can. I mean, they look great. They execute perfectly. But just these stupid technicalities, they lose, count out, or, you know, just being disqualified, that's no way to to run this. And it's absolutely horrible. I love the Dudleys. They can do a lot. They can contribute a lot. But just let them do what they can do. Let them be the titles, and they will make the whole tag team universe that much better. But they decide to do the other. What do you think about it, Ryan? Um, well, they came back on fire, picked up where they left off. It was like they were were never gone. Uh, both of them still in great shape. But uh, maybe it's because, like you said, all the losses and things are not uh, actually getting to the titles yet. But I almost feel like they've lost a little bit of steam. Um and this feud is going to go long because you got to think it's going to make its way to TLC to have a table match uh, so they can put all three guys through the table whenever Woods comes back. Um, but also, I was thinking, I know I've heard some chatters and people bring it up, is there a uh, singles run for Bubba in, in WWE at all? And um, I think it would kind of be a slap in the face to Devon, but at the same time, I know Bubba did some good work on his singles run in TNA, so I wouldn't be so much opposed to it. Um, I would just not want them to have Bubba turn on Devon and get all funky and swervy that way. But um, as for them two together... Yeah, they got to win these titles eventually because it's, it's, they're losing steam with me. And uh, New Day's great and everything, but this feud is 
it's going long, and I and we know it, and I think that's what what's hurting a little. Yeah, I mean it's it is pretty hurting them, hurting them pretty bad. Again, they've almost lost steam with me. It's like it's they come back so big, they do that so much, and it's and you're just not really that into it. I mean, it's just like eh, okay, uh, they lost again. Oh, they got disqualified. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I mean, it's the same thing like with Seth Rollins. I mean, what is it with WWE making their heels or these champions and then just kind of – the only thing I want to say about the New Day is they are their weight and goal. Rollins, not so much. Um, he's a Weasley. You know, it, it's working now, or at least it's, it's starting to really get old. Um, I don't know if I can see him being champion all the way up into WrestleMania. I just – that would – how would you feel about that, Ryan? Knowing Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. I know you're Seth Rollins. That's yeah. fine. But if he holds the title with his current character and everything for a whole year, dodging people, not really cleaning, win, winning cleanly that much, and you can say for one whole year he was the face of the WWE. I mean, that, does that even ring a bell? Does that kind of bother you a bit thinking about that? Uh, well, the booking of it and – making him seem like he doesn't belong, yeah, that, that hurts. I mean, because you can have a Weasley Hill, but at the same time, sometimes they got to look strong. So when that face wins the belt from him, it matters. Um, but, yeah, no, I wanted – I figured Seth would go all the way and they would hold off on Seth and Roman until Mania. Uh, but it seems they had other plans and they've – of course, we'll talk about it later, but shot it up until next uh, was it next month. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but no, I'd be okay with him from from bell to bell, mania to mania. But just at some point during the road to WrestleMania mania season, you you have to start making him more aggressive and look stronger and. Things like that. Even if he doesn't feud with Reigns and he whoever he feuds with, so and I'm totally not opposed to a face turn for him uh, during WrestleMania season. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to go on that, and it's yeah, like it's, it, with him with his character as a Weasley, smarmy, get out of jail free all the time. So I, nothing against his talent, but yeah, just that character alone, and it's kind of. Again, with the New Day, I mean, they're really over, and everyone seems to love that. I love it. At first, I was opposed to them, but now I, I see the value of them, the humor. I really like it. So, again, but with the Dudleys, getting back to it, uh, they just need to kind of do something with them. They need to win a title. They need to really do something devastating to shake up the tag team division because right now they're looking like another random tag team, which is what they are not. Oh, all right. After that, Charlotte and Nikki Bella championship match. Charlotte again retains the title. Probably won't see Nikki Bella for a while. And you know, Charlotte's a believable champion. She's a believable diva. I hate that word, but I mean, I think yeah. she can. If she holds on to the title, she can really you know have. She can make a better match than Nikki can, as far as you know, in ring talent and persona. And she's a big girl. I mean, she's tall. Not big. She's tall. Ric Flair's daughter. That's great for the lineage and everything. But get behind her. Everyone should. I'm not saying the Divas or Division's going to be that much better. But at least Charlotte is a true face in there. She can you know, really get the job done. She's a believable champion. 
where I never really thought Mickey was. Like she just, I don't like the whole Divas thing. Always going to be against it. But uh, other than that, the match was okay. It was a Divas match. We had to sit through it and watch it. But again, I'm glad Charlotte came out on top. Yeah, uh, I look at Charlotte, and you just see athlete, you know. Um, right now, they're not, I don't know why they're not booking her or doing her that way. Like, it's, she won the title and kind of just disappeared. <laughs> uh, kind of took the back burner to this whole PCB story and everything. Uh, they they had a chance. Well, they still do. They have a chance to build up Charlotte like a Ronda Rousey type and make her this dominant female that people can get behind and like. But uh, I don't know. When you're facing somebody like Nikki Bella, it's hard to be a credible champ or whatnot. I just just really think the Bellas need to go. They're part of that... uh, problem of the old divas division and then we can they if they go and we could just have the women's division you know and i seen earlier somebody in the chat room asked where sasha is and trust me i feel the same way i need more sasha like i need my weekly sasha fix um because i think she's she's the best one out of all of them uh just Charlotte has the athleticism. Sasha just has like that. I don't know what it is, man. Like the wrestling mind and just the ability and everything. She gets it more. Um, and then Becky Lynch is. I don't know. Becky Lynch is really attractive, but yeah, she she's good too. She's really good too. So, but uh, the main thing, just Bella's need to go, man. I I would like to see Nikki take a break with John Cena. That'd be awesome. Uh, Maybe Bree can stay home with Brian. You know, they—they're just the—they're the catalyst of the problem of the Divas division. They're like the start of that whole era. Maybe they weren't the first two, but I mean that was that bikini model, or when John Laurinaitis was out searching for females that weren't wrestlers, and just you know we're bringing in women. So yeah, bottom line is they—they. They, they just need to move on to the women's division. Sire, uh, Charlotte should just do a Medusa and throw the belt in the trash and say, I'm a woman, and it's the women's division. It, it's not hard to do. But that Divas belt probably yeah. sells money for young girls. So, yeah, <laughs> marketing. Yeah. The marketing, and, of course, they have the E-Show, and so I'm sure WWE is getting a good kick from that. But, yeah, so just, yeah. I, you can have that just don't bring it into wrestling. Just don't bring it to Monday Night Raw. I mean, if if you can, I don't know. Again, I'm not Vince. I can't. Like, money talks and everyone else walks. But, uh, you know, I just remember being excited when Paige came over to WWE. And she had a lot of hype, and it was like two weeks, three weeks later, she was just yeah. another diva. <laughs> so, wore off, yeah. I don't Charlotte. She's still, you know, holding strong. Like Becky Lynch, all of them. But, uh yeah, and Keep then going. I see chat room here. Uh, someone was impressed by Nikki Bella at Hell in a Cell, and, and I can I can get behind that. I don't mean to totally bury her, but I just it's still in the back of my mind, and I and I can definitely admit she's gotten better over these years for sure. 
where you would think Brie Bella would get better quicker being Daniel Bryan's uh, significant other. But uh, just knowing, like I said, just knowing the Bellas are the catalyst of that whole diva thing, that just just leaves a sour taste in your mouth, man. You know, we all, I'm sure as wrestling fans, we all hate the whole diva thing. I know I surely do. I mean, you can listen to episodes, probably starting from episode one of Pancakes and Power Slams, where it was, there's just nothing really that great to talk about with it. There's just nothing, you know, yeah. as you technically, well, it wasn't. Technically, uh, Diva is a negative thing. Like, that's, I mean, I thought, like, female singers were Divas when they uh, wanted so many things in their dressing rooms and things like that and gave orders. So I've, I've never understood how Diva was a positive thing. Yeah. I, it's it's society now, I guess. I just, being a Diva, a prima donna, that's you know, what's expected of people, I guess. But try to play the role. She plays the role well. And, yeah, I don't want to totally bash Nikki all the way, even though – I am a Nikki basher, but if that's what WWE want to put out, she has been doing better, but again, yeah, I, I, I want a vacation away from her. Go away, and if you come back, okay, but I'd like to see the Divas division to be a, a 180, just what it was when she left. So again, that would probably have to be a year or two of her being gone, but that's not going to happen. So, let's see. We do have a correct answer to the trivia question, Bossman and Akeem. And uh, that was that was the second – yeah, that was the second Survivor Series. And uh, both of them were here in uh, Ohio, Rich, Richmond, Ohio. So, good for that. I didn't even know Richmond was that big of a town to have a pay-per-view, but oh, well. Yeah. The 80s. Well, that's a long uh, time ago. That's why. <laughs> A long, long time ago. Uh, let's see. And honestly, okay, let's go back to Survivor Series 1990. What was the name of the team that included Nikolai Volkov, Tito Santana, and the Bushwhackers? What was the team name? The Bushwhackers, Tito Santana, and Nikolai Volkov. All right, so we're going to go on. Kane and Rollins. For me... I knew Rollins was going to win this match. I just know like Kane was going to win Demon Kane as much as I want to see him just go back to being the old Kane and just wreak carnage and havoc on everybody. He just went loses too cleanly, too easily, and it just it kills just about all the credibility of Kane. They he's just they're using him as a big name, like I just mentioned a little bit ago, but they're just going to bury him every chance they get. It was an easy match for Seth Rollins. And we've seen him beat Kane, I'm sure, at least two or three times in the past. And we've seen a lot of people beat Kane almost all the time, every episode of Raw or SmackDown. So this match didn't really have anything to me. There was really not much at stake. You know, okay, corporate Kane's job. I don't like to see that. I thought it was kind of comical. I like to split between the two. But this, to me, just doesn't really... Where does it go now? I mean, Kane's going to come back, obviously. Which... We found out after Survivor Series or uh, Hell in a Cell and on Monday Night Raw that uh, maybe the Brothers of Destruction are going to cross paths here in the future and maybe team up. That's going to be an interesting angle to see. That's just speculation and hearsay. But uh, I want to be the first to say it in my mind. However, 
the thing with Kane, it just doesn't really pile up anymore. And if he, he's not a believable monster like he used to be. But maybe him being with The Undertaker again to be a shot in the arm to make him the nostalgic old Kane. But again, this match just really didn't do anything. It could have been on Monday Night Raw as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And that's uh, absolutely insane to say when it's a WWE title match. Um and I'm sure it's not the first time. Sure, we've had lame title matches plenty of times before. Uh, nothing's coming to mind off the top of my head. But um, now we know why they wrote Corporate Kane off, since Demon Kane is going to be uh, trying to help his old brother out. But um, there was no – I was surprised there was no unmasking by Seth Rollins, like, all this time, he was saying, Kane, I know you're the same person, and then he never, he just beats him, and that's it. He never tries to expose him. Thought that was a little weird. Uh, they could have just had the build of it be Corporate Kane versus Seth Rollins and then fired Corporate Kane, and then Monday he could have came out against the Wyatt, you know, give us a little something extra. Um, but I don't know. It's It's... It's sad when Seth is my guy. It's the WWE title. You know, somebody like Kane that we all respect. You know, we all appreciate his career. But at the same time, we could care. Not speaking for all of us, most of us could have cared less about this match. I don't know if it's because we knew the outcome or what. We just There was no... Nothing nothing big there. Yeah, there wasn't at all. Like I said, it could have been a, even a SmackDown match, and it wouldn't have really done anything for me. Uh, you know, after that, we got Owens and Ryback, Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Ryback, again, he just looks – they built him up so many – let's say so many times. I think it was like twice. When he first came and then his second coming, which – well, probably well, maybe five, six months ago. Doesn't it, I mean, it's it's forgotten? I mean, he's been beaten cleanly twice by Kevin Owens, and that's good for Kevin Owens. He's a believable Intercontinental Championship uh, title holder for the fact he's got more of a personality. Right back, still just uh, he's a monster in the in the ring, but his personality just doesn't. He just seems like a, a, a oversized jock that just screams his taglines and doesn't. He doesn't have a personality still. Still, he doesn't have a personality. I guess they're seeing that, and that's why they bring him back to high expectations, but he just doesn't doesn't have the whole package. Yeah, he's got the looks. The tools, eh, he's, he's got his tool set, but he doesn't, you know, he's, he's no scientific by any means. Kevin Owens a little more versatile. I mean, he's just really made a huge splash in the WWE. He came in on a high note. And he's got the IC belt now, so you can't say that he's on the afterburner and he's just kind of traipsing through the garden just hoping to find a spot. He is the Intercontinental Champion, and that's that's great for him. He's he's doing well with it. Ryback, on the other hand, just he's going to get lost in the shuffle, and I don't really see a whole lot more coming from Ryback other than just being a lackey, a second, and other he's another guy. I mean, that's pretty much the thing. And you're almost he's almost at the cusp to where you think, okay, this guy's going to break through, finally. But he doesn't. 
and it's, I'm not totally shocked by it all the way because it's, you know, is he to me he was always kind of like a Batista. I never got over big on Batista. I just always thought he was kind of a a two dimensional character, and I still do. I mean, he's obviously he's been champion several times. He's doing great in Hollywood. Nothing against him. I just was never a Batista guy, and I see a lot of that in Ryback, just not having that much of a, I don't know. I guess Batista had more of a fan connection, but Ryback just doesn't, he's he's boring. And if, yeah, uh, totally, uh, I'll repeat myself a million times, man, but, you know, Kevin Owens, I'm glad he won. He retained the title. I don't see anything else coming out of this feud, but uh, the match overall was, it was a good match, but, you know, the outcome was predictable again for me. Um, I think Batista just had a little more charisma, not much, <laughs> just slightly more. Uh, Batista's best WWE is before he had left the first time. That last, however, what, like six months when he was on that heel run, and that was cool because it was funny. But that's really like the biggest time I've ever been into him. That and him and Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty funny. But um, no, man, I think uh, Ryback has peaked twice. Uh, first time was when he was feuding with uh, Punk when people were into him, and then he had the. I want to say was there like a? I want to say it was a triple threat with him, Cena, and Punk, and. People seemed to be into him then. I really wasn't buying it. Maybe it was because of the guys he was working with. Probably it was. Um, That was one time he peaked. And then the other time is uh, right before he had just had the staph infection. He seemed to be going the right way and was um, doing well. And it just, he got the staph infection and came back and it just, it wasn't there. So I I think he's peaked twice. but as for this match, it was pretty short. Uh, I don't know if they were hurting for time or what, but uh, I did see a funny joke on Twitter saying that Taker's entrance was longer than this match. <laughs> and I'm sure it is. There might not have been that much difference in time, though. Um, I just think that they should have had Kevin Owens uh, do like a dirty win again instead of just the outright clean or whatever, just. Keep Owens on that heel pace, man, because we all like him, but we need to boo him to, you know, put him in that top spot if we're at a show. Um, and me and Chris, real quick, we were at a ROH over the weekend, and there's guys, heels we like, but since we're there in person, we it was hard to do it. We still booed just so they, you know, the bookers, the management, whatever, could see that, okay, these guys are getting booed. They're doing something right. Let's put them in the main event. That's what you, kind of what you have to do, man. You just got to suck it up. But, uh, of course, you know, WCW and the Attitude Era, they created the cool heels. I always say that because NWO, even though they were heels, they were so darn cool, man. <laughs> um, but uh, don't let me get off track. Like I said, just, have Owens do some dirty wins, man. Just keep, just keep raking eyes and grabbing tights and things like that. And just keep running his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And he's good at that. I mean, I, I, that's great. That's a perfect heel. He is a perfect heel. He's got a combination of everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep it going with him. Forget about Ryback. I mean, he's nothing. And uh, there's a 
in the chat room, reform Rybaxel. He was great. <laughs> that. that was awesome. I had a great time with that. And yeah, I, Curtis Axel, you know, evidently, you know, they don't have anything for him ever since the uh, the Hulk Hogan thing came out with his racial slurs and whatnot. But I like that team. I like the funny team. The New Day's funny, but it's almost like Ryback needed that to really make him more of a personality. And, you know, when they play off each other, I mean, it's like when Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle back in the day, they were kind of a team sitting there chugging milk together and stuff like that. It brought personality mm-hmm. to them. It made them yeah. funny. It made them an average person. So with Ryback, again, he just has that thing where you, you don't want to touch him or look at him because, you know, he might punch you in the face. It's just not working for him. He's got that attitude and persona, but let him crack a joke and smile and do something. He can do that, and that would get over well. I mean, it did with Rybaxel. I mean, they were being cheered. People liked them. And that was very short-lived. But Ryback being just a beast that comes in and breaks everything down, he just doesn't have the – he can do it, but he doesn't have the character to really perform the skills to make it relevant, I guess. Again, he's getting beaten all the time. and They've run out of options for that guy, unfortunately. And after see well after that we got the main event, Taker Lesnar. Um, that was that was a really good Hell in a Cell match. I enjoyed it immensely. I mean both of them really took it all out there. And Undertaker, he looked good. I thought he looked fine. He came out. He was ready mm-hmm. to go. I mean they both put on a fantastic show. To be the end of the trilogy of them, that's fine. I mean, I probably won't see Brock Lesnar for a long time anyway, but uh, I guess it's not going to be the last time we see The Undertaker because the way the Wyatt's carried him out and everything, so that's going to be a new angle, which we briefly discussed earlier. We'll talk about it a little more now. But uh, they both put on a great show. It was um, it was what I was looking for in the Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Lesnar won by uh, the low blow, which is kind of funny in a way just because Taker did that to him at SummerSlam. But see, I'm glad that Taker didn't go out on this note. Yeah, I got hit in the balls, and now I'm, <laughs> I lost the match. Yeah, yeah. That's my last match, ladies and gentlemen. I'm on to the Hall of Fame. So I liked the match. It was good. I mean, they pulled out all the stops, you know, with some, both of them, you know, juicing. and just. It was your typical – I wouldn't say typical. It was your Hell in a Cell match that you expect to see. It wasn't just two random jabronis thrown in there, and let's see what they can do. But it was, you know, it was main event status. The build-up behind it was it was good. I liked the build-up. And they just went out and performed. Hats off to the dead man. Hats off to Lesnar. I was happy with it all the way. What about you? Yeah, this is what we talked about earlier, how this should only be one Hell in the Cell match once a year, you know, maybe even every 18 months if you really want to build it up and make us care about it more. And this is what it should be like. Blood ripping up the mat. Just uh, it's just raw aggression, man. Ruthless aggression. Um, it's just brutal. Like, it should be like this. This is the hell in the cell we know. And this one was still even a bit mild versus what we've seen back when they first started. So, yeah. Um, 
But I am glad that the feud with uh, Taker and Lesnar is over. Um, still a little butt hurt that uh, Taker just he, he Brock is his kryptonite and just has the one win against him. That's uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. I love Lesnar, but Taker's been my guy since you know I was a kid. So yeah, um, it was good that he um, did the point and gave him props and just. To let you know it's really over. All right, there's some respect there. They're not going to go back to it. Uh, that's great. And then afterwards, okay, my first reaction to Bray Wyatt was just negative, and I was just like, no, what is this? They've already got it locked up. What are we doing? And then had the overnight to think about it, and then the raw, and then I'm – Actually, all for it. I'm all on board. If if they want to do the team of Taker, Sting, and Kane, and maybe not even have Sting get in the match since he, you know, he had the uh, injury and just sit out on the apron and get in and do a Stinger splash or you know one or two spots, I'm totally for that team. I'd rather see Taker and Sting team up and see them go against each other because I don't want to have to pick which one I want to cheer for. Um, And then that would also give Taker, if he's going to be leaving next year, which that might be a maybe because, like you said, he he doesn't look as bad as these matches go on. But, um, you know, that will give him his closure with Kane. That would be another good thing to do, so – if that's if that's gonna be the team, man, if that's what they're going with, that's great. Um, if they're doing four on four, I don't know who that fourth guy could be to blend in with those three. Because uh, when you think Taker, Kane, and Sting, I, and maybe Chat Room has a little more better ideas, but I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that just blends in right away with those three. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. He would be the fourth man. Um, I'm not even going to think about it because I don't even know if it's anything that's in the works. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, exactly. The bros of destruction, I mean, that would make Kane look a little more relevant than he has been. But I I hated Wyatt when he came out. I was thinking the same thing. I think everybody was. And then you kind of realize, okay, well, when they beat him up and they carried him out the way they did, okay, Taker's going to be around. Maybe they're going to push him on to Survivor Series, make that his finale, because that's his, you know, where he debuted you know, 25 years ago. So, I mean, that would be perfect. Awesome. Undertaker would win, go out in victory, see you later. Or maybe not. I don't, I don't know. It's wrestling. We, nobody knows what's going to happen the next day. So, it's, it's one of those. But overall, Hell in a Cell, like we both said, it was a good, it was a good pay-per-view. It was solid. It wasn't the best, but you know, it was what I got. The final Hell in a Cell match, like I said, um, made the pay-per-view. Made it to high stakes pretty good. Liked it, so that's about it. Any final words on the Hell in a Cell, Ryan? Um, Other than having it as a gimmick pay-per-view not happen anymore and just Letting it come up organic when two guys have a long feud, and they just need to end it. Um, 
no, that's good for me. Just don't make it a gimmick pay-per-view anymore. Bring No Mercy back in October. No Mercy. What was some other one? There was Judgment Day. Uh, I think WWE did a stab at Great American Bash a couple times. So, yeah, Unforgiven. Yeah. I remember okay. Unforgiven, Fastlane. Yeah. But, anyway, the Alliance is the correct answer to the uh, trivia question. And uh, that was 1990. We'll skip ahead a couple years. Let's go to 1992. Big Boss Man defeated Nails in what kind of match? It was a gimmick match, but uh, what kind of match was it? And we'll go with that. So uh, put your Googlers down. This is just for people that remember it. Can't Google these answers. I'm sure nobody does. And if you do, then shame on you. But, uh, all right, we already get it. Well, it was a nightstick match. What was a nightstick on? It's like a two-part question. Nightstick match, what was a nightstick on? And so there you have it. Hell in a Cell. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be getting into Raw here in a second. One word from the sponsors, Pancakes and Power Slam. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, our mind, let's go. The whole squad is making it clear. We taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the man, I'm that one mission with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful, Bobby Eaton, me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. Tie the do-rag before we do battle. You're talking sheep, you all what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is just back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. And the grand scheme is that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it, demand the win, establish it, this the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. I'm here to play. I'm here to play trivia. I don't know about you guys. Uh, so, yeah, uh, night pole on a stick match. Great. I can't believe something like that actually existed. But, anyway, a night stick on a pole match. Well, we'll go with that. 
Uh, next question. There was a third Survivor Series pay-per-view in Richmond, Ohio that I've forgotten about. Getting In my old age, I'm getting forgetful. Uh, what year did that Survivor Series take place? Uh, and uh, let's see. So, and also, I want to say something. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chris Featherstone, he's a journalist here on We Are Wrestling Network. And, um, RealWrestling.net, sorry. Uh, we're on here live in the chat room. We've been here for probably about a year or so. And, uh, he wrote an article today. It's a really good article. I want to hit on it real quick before we get into Raw. It's about the open range being a flip-flopper. That's the name that uh, he made up for that. We like that name. But anyway, pretty much it kind of goes over the fact that how Roman Reigns, you know, the way he's being built and uh, being fit, basic, having a, a cool accessory, and also how he is on the mic. And he's one of those people that fans love him, fans hate him. There's not really, you know, they go through phases. And he delves on that. I, I can't explain it like he does, but obviously go to it, look at it, and read it. It's an awesome, awesome read. But he really brings up the best points in it as far as how, you know, Reigns is Vince's hand-picked guy, much like Stone Cold Steve Austin was, much like The Rock was, Hulk Hogan. But Roman Reigns just isn't receiving the same attention and reaction that you know, the previous have. Why is that? What can he do to make that better? It goes over all that and just how he is on the mic. I mean, he's not, he needs to really brush up on his mic skills. I mean, he is kind of boring. Same thing with Rome, or, uh, Seth Rollins. He just goes in his monotone Billy phase and just keeps ranting on whatever and goes on and on. Same thing with Reigns. He doesn't go on as much. He's just very black and white. He doesn't have any really big charisma to him like The Rock did, Stone Cold and Hogan. And uh, he brings up a good point how, you know, Stone Cold was the ringmaster. No one got behind him. And The Rock was Rocky Maivia. But he turned that, Vince McMahon was able to turn that into something that just absolutely blew up and made the WWE still prominent to what it is today. Why can't Roman Reigns do that? How come no one really believes in Roman Reigns? Why is Vince force-feeding him down our throats, but we didn't accept it like we did with Stone Cold and with The Rock? Because he just doesn't have that natural charisma. I don't want to say he doesn't have it ever. He doesn't have it yet. So, anyway, the article, absolutely, just, it'll blow your mind. Ryan, I'm sure you probably read it. I mean, how do, you, how do you think about that with Roman Reigns? Why don't we believe in him to the point where he's been pushed down our throats, you know, more than a year now, but with the shield breaking up and it just – no one really wants to see him succeed as much as they did with Austin and Rock and Hogan. So what gives? Um, I don't know. I guess the main thing would be yeah. – <laughs> Jealousy, kind of. It's not from like. It's hard to explain. Like you know, somebody really likes Cesaro, and they're like, "Hey, this guy Cesaro's a phenomenal wrestler. He'll wrestle circles around Reigns. Why is Reigns being the one pushed?" You know, um, that's part of it. You know, I don't have a problem with Reigns. I stayed the course. I'm waiting it out to see how it goes. Um, and like you said, the three things he touched on, uh, one of them was the mic work. And I, I've actually told Chris this too. Like I think 
the dude's getting too much, and, uh, you know, when you got people writing things for you, it's not going to work. It's like we come in, we come on this show, somebody was giving us bullet points, you know, it wouldn't work because <clears throat> that's not us. That's not our feelings. It's not the emotions we have. Same thing. Chat room, the chat room, you know, they don't have people uh, writing for them, you know, it wouldn't be the same. Um, the moveset, I mean, come on. He's not the first guy in wrestling to have a limited moveset. Um, and I will say watching Reigns live was kind of cool, man, like doing the drive-by and stuff like that. I mean, for his size, the limit of his moveset is okay. It's not like he's this Neville who's going to do all this crazy stuff. There's not there's not a lot of Cesaros and Brock Lesnar's out there that are just big guys who are just that phenomenal type of athlete. Um there's a good amount, but there's not just that many blue chippers. Um, and as for him being the chosen one, it don't let Cena ruin it for you. Like you said, like Chris said, there's been plenty of chosen one guys. Cena was, the, the, of course, the last one, and you know how we all look at Cena. Um, I'm actually a bit of a Cena apologist because I went through my phase where I just he made me quit for a good year. Um, not so much quit, but just not – I didn't pay attention as much. I just couldn't do it anymore. So I've been through that phase with Cena, so I've given up. But, yeah, uh, anybody who's listening, ask and check it out. Uh, I know I've seen, I've seen a couple of um, chat room names in the comment sections on his article, so I, I know – couple of chat room uh, cats have checked it out. But uh, if you're listening now and you haven't checked it out, we are WrestlingNation.com, W-A-W-Nation.com. Go check it out. Uh, of course, check it out, man. And as W-A-W Nation, just, I mean, it's everything you need in a, in a wrestling website. I mean, it's got you know, rumors, it's got stories, highlights, everything. You can vote on things. I, mean, I love the website. Chris introduced me to it a while back, and especially when the you know, Pancakes and Power Slams came on. So, um, actually, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we do have somebody that wants to talk to us. I'm not sure why, because uh, they shouldn't be have access to this. But anyway, let me uh, see if I can bring them in. Uh, see, yeah, we have a caller on the line. Uh, can you please introduce yourself? I sure can. Uh, who is this? Is this is this Nick by Volkoff? We're just talking about you at the Survivor Series. <laughs> Chris Featherstone live in Living Keller. Oh man, what's going on? Glad to man. have you. You're great. Um, you're always a wonderful guest to have. What can you tell us about uh, your thoughts, Helen Cell? Monday Night Raw, any certain article that might uh, have been written by you, go on and tell us everything you need to let us know on uh, Pancakes and Power Slam. Well, first of all, you guys are doing a fantastic job in my absence. Uh, well, most of the show I was absent, so kudos to uh, you and Ryan. Have an awesome Crave Wrestling staff that just does a fantastic job. Um to, to just pick up the the reins, so to speak, and and do a fantastic job. And kudos to uh, just of course, wawnation.com. Just um, 
awesome people there to post the article up, uh, you know, just to keep the the ball rolling with uh, the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Um, I, I have so much to say, but I'll condense it real quick because this is actually my uh, vacation day. But uh, I definitely I wrote an article today. Um, uh, about Roman Reigns, uh, real quick. Was, as far as Helen and Cell is concerned, it was, it was not. I, I didn't like it much, but I actually liked it better than many other pay per views this year. Um, the Taker match, uh, I was, you know, I, I guess it's just the the Undertaker fan that I am. I, I was not happy that Brock had yet another win against the Undertaker. And it's so funny because I kind of knew that it was going. I was I, I was booking Taker to win, but the more I kept seeing the, uh, the the footage that they were showing, they kept saying like Chapter One, and they were using actually Chapter One as the streak. And I kept thinking in my head, no, that's not Chapter One. Chapter One was you know No Mercy 2002, you know Hell in a Cell when Brock won, or you know, No Mercy 2003 and the biker chain match where Brock won again. So as they were doing that, of course, you know, the Vince McMahon theory of we're supposed to forget history for some reason, yeah, it kind of made me think, uh, it just might not be good for The Undertaker. The Wyatt, the Wyatt family thing I was totally opposed to. Uh, when it came back on Raw and I, and I saw Kane, um, I said, okay, well, I, I this 25th anniversary, they kept plugging that on the pay-per-view, and I know it's going to be featuring The Undertaker, and you know, what's, I was thinking of a few things, actually. Uh, the, the four that I thought was uh, Taker, Kane, Randy Orton, and Dean Ambrose, uh, because Orton is, I don't know the severity of his shoulder injury, but if his, if his shoulder is good, They'll just write him back in, say that the Riot family attacked him. He'll be the third guy, and of course Dean Ambrose. He's he's just floating around uh, Wyattville. He's like the 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 bad neighbor in Wyattville. He just you know he just hovers around all the time, and so he'll somehow he'll be inserted in there and be the fourth guy. Of course, I don't see Sting being inserted at all. His his neck injury is pretty severe, so he'll probably come back. You know, hopefully he's well enough to even make it to Mania next year. <clears throat> so the whole carrying off the Taker thing, it was just kind of cheesy to me. Carrying off Kane made it a little bit better. So I'm hoping that, and it really, at the end of the day, it's just going to make The Undertaker look good for his 25th anniversary on, on you know, at the expense of Bray Wyatt, who lost cleanly that same night to Roman Reigns, which it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, uh, hopefully, it's going to be a little better throughout the coming weeks. But real quick before I go, I want to talk about Roman Reigns' article that I wrote today. Um, I, I was just just meditating on the past few days uh, and just just thinking about Roman Reigns throughout the entire year, and of course, listening to my previous shows. If uh, you know, I've, I've spoken for Roman Reigns and and, and many, many times. Uh, But just, I was really just kind of thinking, I was just thinking about a bunch of things today. And a lot of times, most of the times, the best way, you know, to translate my thoughts is to put it on paper. That's why I love writing. And 
why I write for WAWNation.com, cheap plug there. But I, I was just like, okay, I I got so much passion right now. I have to put this, I have to write it down. I have I have to make this an article, and I just have to let it filter out and, and just let it flow. And it was great because it was a it was a good it was a good way to digest um, and to it was a good way to just translate my my thoughts on uh, Hell in a Cell and Raw, especially Raw, uh, because I mean he it, it gets, it's to the point now, and and I've and I put this in my article. It's to the point now that people who just despise Roman Reigns just because. They just want to get themselves over, and you know, <laughs> it, it, it's one thing to say Roman Reigns. You know, I just don't care for him too much. He just doesn't fit my style of wrestling. Uh, I'm just not a big fan. I, I I can understand that. I I you know I don't I don't have any problems with that. You know, I'm not a big Kevin Owens fan, but he's a heck of a wrestler. He's a great heel. You know, he's. Yeah, I was I was a Kevin Steen fan in, in Raw weights for for a little bit, but just Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, I'm not a fan. He's a great wrestler, but I'm just not a fan because you know there's just some intangibles about uh, there's some some intangibles about him that I, I necessarily don't re, doesn't react well. And plus, he's a heel, and I'm not supposed to like him anyways. But there's certain wrestlers that just don't really cut the mustard for me, so to speak. Um, just because I'm not too big on them as far as their character is concerned. But I'm not going to just say I despise this person. This person is horrible. This person is just just atrocious. He's trash. I'm not going to say that towards someone I don't like uh, because – I can't. I don't have that much passion to put so much energy in just not liking someone. I, I just don't have that. But you have the smarks and you have the people who you have the Roman Reigns bashers of this day, who spend so much energy saying, "Oh, I hate Roman Reigns. He's trash." Uh, I mean, I've even seen a comment say, "You know, let Roman Reigns control the WWE so the WWE can go under, so people can, uh, you know, unsubscribe from the WWE network." Now, why are you spending so much energy and draining yourself emotionally for someone who you don't like? It's probably not because you don't like Roman Reigns. It's probably because you want to troll and you want to be heard and you want to be somebody finally behind a camp, behind behind a, a computer. So, those are the type of people that I don't necessarily care for, and I, and I and I discarded them almost immediately in my article. I wanted to talk about the people who actually gave reasons of why they don't like Roman Reigns, and I wanted to address those reasons. That's the reason why. I, I, I made sure to address them thoroughly, the, the three reasons that I hear mostly from different people and, and different articles and different comments, and even, you know, a lot of my articles. I wrote a, Roman, I wrote a few Roman Reigns articles on Bleach Report and had hundreds of comments on each one. That's how much, that's how polarizing Roman Reigns is. So if I'm getting, you know, I, I usually got to get a lot of, Card, uh, comments on my on my articles on Bleach Report, but when I'm having two, three, four hundred article, uh, four hundred comments on one article, 
that just goes to show how polarizing Roman Reigns is and how people even if they don't even if they don't like him they still give him attention and that's exactly what Vince McMahon wants <laughs> so you're just feeding the monster of Roman Reigns if you like him or not so you might as well give him a shot and at least give him an opportunity. The guy's only been there less than three years. Give him an opportunity. He's evolved. Go go to Meltzer's uh, ratings. I was just looking at this earlier today when I was um, writing my article. I was looking at the ratings of uh, Meltzer ratings of his matches with uh, Daniel Bryan and Big Show and Bray Wyatt, and they were in high threes. Uh, or four, I think four and a half uh, for for Daniel Bryan. So you you can't just dismiss those things. It, it's just impossible to really spend time to dismiss those things. And so I addressed them in my article, and, and, I, and I'm really happy that uh, I, I took the time to to really address that. And I'll talk uh, more about it as as you know, Roman Reigns evolves and, and, and the whole Seth Rollins thing. But real quick before I go, uh, I, I see an Ambrose turn, and we'll talk about, you know, in the coming weeks we'll talk about Survivor Series. But I see an Ambrose turn happening in Survivor Series. I was very happy with how Raw went. One, because it was different. Two, because it actually brought gave us a cliffhanger. You know, as far as Rollins and and Reigns, there wasn't a lot of talking. They looked at each other. Rollins went, went out. And Reigns went out, good cliffhanger, good suspense building. Why can't we get that all the time? <laughs> so, um, the, you know, it, it was it was a it was a break from the norm, which was good. And uh, you know, we'll talk about that more in the coming weeks. But you know, I I thank you all. You guys are doing a fantastic job, and I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my vacay. Take it easy. Take it easy, and I and. Like he was saying, too, I was thinking of this. I just didn't want to uh, cut him off on the comeback. But uh, another thing about people hating on Reigns, too, I think some fans are just sheep, and they just follow suit with with the other fans that they think are cool or knowledgeable. Listen to me, I sound like a dare program. But uh, they they just follow suit with other fans, man. So I don't know. Have your own opinion. Get your own backbone. Don't be afraid to cheer who you want. Yeah, same thing. I, mean, I love Fondango. Fondango is my guy. If he came out tomorrow, I'd be excited as hell. Hey, but I'm in this show. And this show is known for Seth Rollins' heat. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's you know, cheer who you want to cheer. That's fine. I mean, for me, Roman Reigns, I'm. I'm such an Attitude Era stuck guy. It's like nothing's ever going to be as good as the Attitude Era. And I'm still in that way. I am still dead set on that way. I watched the current product. I don't hate it. I mean, it's good. You can build on it. I enjoy following the storylines, obviously, because you know, I'm on the show and I'm watching you know, Monday Night Raw. And, I mean, it's a priority. Wrestling's on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. So, but, yeah, with Reigns, again, I still don't see the same – Love that you know they've given people in the past, but you know, maybe it's just don't need to build. I so again, you know, great article. Roman Reigns still for me as a way to go, but if they put the belt on tomorrow, I'm not going to be. I'm 
I'll just follow it like I always do. You know, I've been sticking this long with Seth Rollins fiasco being you know, the the champion, and I was kind of complaining earlier about how he's a whiny, wimpy, nerdy little mouse. But <laughs> if it works, it works. I'll continue to watch it. So, yeah, that's the way it is. So after yeah, that, I still don't sure. have a right answer. I don't have a right answer for um, the last uh, trivia question. What's the last time Survivor Series was in Richfield, Ohio? I'm still looking for that right answer. Um, Ryan, we've got about, I'd say about 10 minutes or so to go over uh, Monday Night Raw. The Raw, you know, it was a, I don't, to me, it, it didn't, it was okay. I like the fatal four-way that they had that added to it. The Raw wasn't that different from previous Raws to me, even though you liked it and a lot of other people thought it was great, which is fine. Wonderful. But, uh you know, overall, again, yep. Owen versus Cesaro. I hated, you know, Cesaro lost. I mean, he's another almost Ryback. He's got way more charisma than Ryback will ever have in his pinky. But the WWE continues to just crap on him, so I don't get that. Again, Sheamus, Barrett, Rusev versus the Dudleys and Ryback. You know, why is Ryback hanging out with the Dudleys? The Dudleys, they just need to have on to. They need a saving grace. And bring out Spike. If that's going to make the WWE want him to want the Dudleys to really change up the tag team division, that's great. Do that. Do something with the Dudleys. Do something with Seamus, Barrett, and Rusev. I, I, there's a term they called them, the Dirty Europeans or something like that. I couldn't remember. It was funny. But uh, this doesn't really do that much for me. And you got Big E versus uh, Dolph. That was actually a pretty good match. I was happy about that. Tyler Breeze came out with uh, Summer Rae. So that's a whole new thing going on with them. They were at ringside. Rain and Ambrose backstage segment. And like Chris mentioned, yeah, Ambrose is bound to turn heel within the next couple months at least. And he needs that. I want that for him. And that's going to be so such a breath of fresh air. However, is that going to be good enough? Is that going to put Ambrose back on the top. I mean, he headlined a couple pay-per-views, you know, not too long ago, and he's almost, he's he's just backstage material now. So, I mean, that's the only time you really see him on Raw the past few weeks, he's backstage giving a high-fi to Rain. So, I could almost be like a Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels split at the barbershop if something like that was to happen. But we'll see what Ambrose can really do outside of that. And, uh, of course, we had a... Uh, Ziggler, Reigns, Del Rio, and Owens in the Fatal 4-Way. At the end of the match, the winner, of course, gets to go up against Seth Rollins. That was a good main event because it's one of those where you watch. I think Ziggler just wrestled. And he had to come back out for the uh, the final show. All of them you know, participated in a really good fashion. So the Raw last night, it was good. But you know, it, to me, it wasn't. it didn't blow my mind after Hell in a Cell. We're not going to see Lesnar for a while. So I think you're really going to have to really build on what you've got. And um, the Raw last night will just be footsteps to see what happens next Raw. But with uh, the Wyatts carrying out Kane last night, to me that just kind of builds up even something better for Survivor Series. And um, overall, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Just want to see what's what's, what's going to happen. Uh, the year before that, last year, it was all about uh, Sting coming in. We all know what happened with Sting as far as his progression with the WWE, but 
you know. Brothers of Destruction coming back together against the Wyatts. Uh, it was it was a it was refreshing to see Kane get the same treatment as the Undertaker did because then you know something's really sticking here, and uh, this could be Bray Wyatt's saving grace as far as you know making himself more relevant as a heel. But Ryan, uh, your thoughts on Monday Night Raw last night and uh, everything else we talked about? Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe the Monday Night Raw bar has been a little low lately, so this was a really good raw for me. But uh, I know my main thing, my main reason that raw was good for me is because it was, uh, I just got done telling Chris over the weekend that WWE had, they just weren't presenting the show as a sport. And I felt like yesterday they finally did that and got back to it. Anytime you have the, you know, little tournament play or elimination type play, I love that. I just, I like when wrestling is presented as a sport. I'm one of those people. I'm not, I was a teenager during the Attitude Era. So, yeah, I did like the backstage stuff, the in-ring mic stuff. I loved it then. But as I've gotten older, I just want to see uh, people wrestle each other. Like I just wanted to see it as a sport. That's all I care about now. Um, and there's actually a theme. Like if you think about this, I was just looking at this list here, and five out of the seven matches yesterday mattered. You had four matches to get in, and then you had the last one being the number one contender match. Like that's it's really cool. We don't get that on anything WWE anymore. So um, I thought that was awesome. Even the uh, the six man was like kind of like a losers uh, constellation match because all those guys had lost the night before. Um, still the diva spot. I was still just like, yeah. I mean, I felt I felt like Paige has done a heel turn every week for the past month. So, to me, that wasn't really anything because her whole, I don't even want to say pipe bomb because that term has been overused. But that was, to me, that was like her heel turn then. So, I would like it if she wasn't the one that beat up Natalia and they bring in somebody, you know, another woman that could wrestle, that'd be cool. But um, it'll probably just end up being Paige. <laughs> uh, and as for the actual main event, that that main event was actually really cool, man. It was That was almost a pay-per-view-like main event. It went a good amount of time. Um, everybody was showcased. I enjoyed it all. Um, I just, oh, watching those those dastardly Wyatt. And, and Bray Wyatt, actually, his promo, it, you know, for as much slack as he catches for people saying that his promos don't matter sometimes, this one actually mattered and made sense. So I could get behind that. But uh, those Wyatts, man, when they carry guys out like that, they just, that gets heat for me. I don't like it. I don't like it in wrestling. I don't like it in real life. I hate it. It gets me. I feel like a kid again because I'm just like, what are they doing? No, that's not. Yeah, so... That definitely gets heat from me, them carrying guys out like that and making them look so vulnerable. Um, but, yeah, man, just continue to make 
Raw and wrestling seem like a sport. Just it's all they got to do. You can do your hijinks and your backstage, whatever, but just make it matter. Make matches matter. Win-loss records. No 50-50 booking. No just, oh, they don't, you know, thinking the fans won't care about what happened last week. No, we care about stuff that happened 15 years ago. Wrestling fans are almanacs. We don't forget stuff. And the booking, they make it seem like we don't remember stuff that happened in the first hour roll. So just keep up, keep that up. Keep the the sports presentation up. Exactly. Keep it up. And, uh, you know, Ryan brings up a good point, you know. Make things matter. I mean, everybody knows this. Everyone in wrestling that loves wrestling, like we do here, we are wrestling.net. Everybody loves this. And this is what we do. This is why we're here on Tuesday nights every night. Ladies and gentlemen, actually, hey, I do have the correct answer in the chat room. 1992, wonderful. Next week, we're going to have a lot more uh, Survivor Series trivia. But uh, we're going to get to the flavor of the week here in a second. Right after this. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, tonight's Flavor of the Week is going to kind of go on Survivor Series, obviously, Survivor Series season. And we're going to talk about from 1987 to 1991 title changes that have happened at Survivor Series. Obviously, there hasn't been that many at Survivor Series that I can remember, especially in the early part of Survivor Series, because it was always, you know, team versus team, which I always loved. I love the classic Survivor Series teams. Um, first one I really remember is actually Survivor Series 1991, when the, uh, was it 1990, when The Undertaker came out, obviously, 25th anniversary, and uh, put the kill Bosch on Hawk Hogan and got the title. And that was... Uh, People at the time didn't really know The Undertaker as much. Yeah, they knew him as Mean Mark Calloway and WCW. Get out with Brother Love, of all people. But uh, took the chair to Hulk Hogan, said Justice. It was in 1991, yeah. And, uh, wow. I mean, that's kind of – and then Undertaker turned into what he is now. And, obviously, he's a big phenom. And, you know, the thing with The Undertaker – Again, it's like you, Ryan. You just, you feel like you're a little kid again when you see this. And it's you know, the Undertaker comes out, just absolutely destroys everything in his path. I mean, the Undertaker is the best wrestling wrestler gimmick of all time. And with that title change, I mean, as it was, it was beautiful. Uh, I mean, pretty much with that, Ryan, you got a couple minutes. What do you have to say about Survivor Series? 87 to 91 title changes. Um, yeah, I'm with you, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only one because I was trying to look it up. But uh, yeah, no, um, just Taker playing that character and then winning it that soon, and just like you said, the guys that were outside of the ring and just that all that uh stardom is cool, but just I actually had watched this a couple months ago, and I was uh, thinking, like, man, this dude just won his, you know, first world championship, and he got to stay in character. If you go back and watch, 
Taker does a really great job of just staying in character and stone-faced and the dead man. And I was just like, I don't know if I would have been able to keep it together as well as he could. So for that, you know, to be able to stay in character winning your first, you know, WWF championship, that's, that's really cool, man. So, and especially against Hulk Hogan of all people at that time. So yeah, kudos to him. And I mean, that's like you said, 25 years later, he's still really good at the character. (laughs) I mean, even when he was a biker taker, he was still good at being a, he was really good at being a jerk. So it's just, it's the man. (laughs) He is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to wrap it up here. Ryan, thank you so much. We had an extended night with the Ryan's Den that uh, he so graciously does on Pancakes and Power Slams. And uh, great to have him. Remember, next week, Tuesday, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, Greg Gagne is going to be here for part two. I can't stress it enough. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. First time, it was just such a personal interview and just very intimate and just Wow. Blew my mind. Blew everyone's mind. We are wrestling. Absolute best wrestling website anybody could ever look up. Look it up. Tell your friends about it. It's everything you need. My name is Derek. Pancakes and Power Slams, episode 187 in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, the new Tuesday Night Titans are out. Have a great week. Love you all. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.